spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Welcome you in to Sports Talk. Another day, another edition. Hey, hope your day has gone well. If not, hope we can make it go a little better as we ride together till 6 o'clock. I am Scott Beatty, your host, along with co-host Lauren Tate for this hour, co-host Evan Kahn in hour number two. <laughs> and we've got a busy show. We've got a lot to get to. A lot of basketball. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports will be with us. He's a bracketologist. And we'll visit with him on the outlook of, of course, Illinois' possibilities in the NCAA tournament and the Big Ten, as well as just the country and how things are shaking out in that world of bracketology. Also have a conversation with Adalia McKenzie, Illinois women's basketball forward. Tomorrow night is their final home game of the season, believe it or not. The women's season wraps up a little bit quicker than the men's. They're in Big Ten tournament play next week. Already up in Minneapolis, the men will play their Big Ten tournament the week after, and then both men and women start the NCAA tournament about the same time. So we'll talk with Adelia McKenzie, also newly named Fisher High School Bunnies football coach. Fisher Bunnies high school football coach. Who didn't have a team last year. That's right. Matt Sinclair, former Mm -hmm. Illini, is going to be on the docket. Uh, next hour and uh here's a guy that um it, it's documented the things that he you know some of the ups and downs he's been through and he's been open and honest i think publicly in in the last several years about lessons learned and uh paid his dues and and is been given back in a variety of different ways uh, ever since he ran into some legal trouble many years ago when he was on the football staff for that's Illinois. a long time ago and it yeah. wasn't Really, I mean, it was a foolish thing, but it was just celebration, the type of celebration. <laughs> you don't shoot off a gun during a celebration, and he did. Or flash one or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's a good word, foolish, but um, it's not something that uh, forever has to, especially for a guy who's worked to oh, move yeah. past it and and all that kind of thing. So uh, we, if you have anything on your mind, you can weigh in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 217 217- Three five one five three five seven. Last night, Illinois men's hoops never trailed, beat Minnesota. R.J. Melendez game. R.J. Melendez game. Double double for the kid. Yeah. Well, it was really a balanced team last night, yeah. but he 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 played. He, he did one fifth of his share. I mean, that, that's just what happened. I mean, it was a it was a good effort by everybody, and they got off to a sixteen six lead, and basically. Had a ten point lead, just played that way the rest of the game. Played them even the rest of the game. Yeah, it got to about four at one point, yep. and then yep. Illinois just kept pushing them back. And yep. as they should have, Illinois is better than Minnesota. They couldn't stop Jamison Battle, but at the same time, he's, he had thirty one. But at the same time, who else was really doing much for Minnesota? Yeah, well, I, I just thought it was a good effort. Uh, 
there's there's so much about basketball that you cannot control no matter what you do. And certainly battle couldn't be controlled last night. And Illinois had a, a number of players go off on them uh, in recent days, and I don't know what to say about it. I mean, he's threw in those last two threes from way out, and the game, you know, the game was already settled. It didn't matter, but he just – Bam, bam! He he had two threes right, right, right there in the last minute. It did, yeah. Uh, to the consternation of those who may have had extra interest in the ball game, like the a thirteen time. and a half point or <laughs> fifteen point spread, whatever it I was. I thought it was twelve and a half. I was well, 15, you know, it, but, it it varied. Okay, yeah. but very true to Illinois' form this year. They won by nine <laughs> points. That seems to be about how Illinois mm-hmm. wins ball yeah. games. Every win year. in the Big Ten has been by nine or more. Yes, nine's the minimum, but just they they don't haven't won a squeaker. Uh, they have, for the most part, been lopsided losses or or lopsided wins, with the notable exceptions of Indiana and Iowa. There have been a lot of showdowns between Illinois and Michigan State. A lot of showdowns with Iowa. A lot of showdowns with Indiana. Thursday we have a showdown with Northwestern. When's the last time? A real major showdown. When both teams were good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying because Northwestern got in the tournament, I think, was that the second year under Underwood? Uh, there was a year where I think it was Illinois was not. It's the only good. time they've ever been in the, in the, in yeah. the NCAA tournament. But I'm tournament. trying to remember when where that was in Illinois in well, Underwood's frame. I can tell you Illinois wasn't great, okay? Okay, so there wasn't. <laughs> I don't remember the – I'm not going to say the year, but it was just a few years ago. It must have been either 18 or 19. That, Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, if you thought initially, hey, I, maybe I got a pair of tickets to the Northwestern game and, well, maybe I don't need to use those. It, yeah, it's a big game now. So <laughs> hopefully you hung on to those. And, and it's, we're just about, you know, not that I have any great concerns about Illinois getting in the tournament, but that would clinch it. They could lo- they, they could lose the rest of their games and still be in the tournament if they beat Northwestern, I would think. Yeah, and I think Jerry Palm will help us uh, know exactly what the stakes are. Coaches That's never right. like to say they're in, but bracketologists will tell you when they're in. And bracketologists, like a Jerry Palm, are not trying to say this is who I think should be in the tournament. This is who I think will be in the tournament based on how we analyze what the committee does. And what and the selections that they make, but yeah, it was a great night for R.J. Melendez. Ten points, eleven rebounds. He got that three to fall, and one three going in for R.J. Melendez feels much bigger than three or four going in for Matthew Meyer. And when that ball was in the air, the shot clock went off. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, here's he had, what happened. He, he, had took, to, he had to get it off. He took it to the rim. He missed. He got a rebound and had to hustle around and get that shot off. And what he did? What did he not have time to do, Lauren? He, he didn't have time to think about it. Exactly. <laughs> Wide open time to think about it. He doesn't know where that's going, but just that's how you know it's in there. It's in there by by that. He's just going to. Uh, uh, it, it's in his mechanics. We watched him in in warmups. I mean, all the time he he can hit threes, and when sometimes when you don't have to think about it, it just goes. So good for him. It was a feel-good moment. The crowd was behind him. The crush was behind They were uh, cheering his name. They're right on top of the press Epps row Epps had a really good game, too. Yeah. And hit some threes, hit four out of six in the ball game. And I thought that Meyer played very well. And didn't get as much out of a couple of uh, – didn't get as much out of uh, Goody and and maybe Rogers, But uh, 
the five the five starters all hit double figures. Yeah, Danger with twelve, Hawkins with sixteen, and this is the other thing I thought was good. Unlike the Indiana game, Hawkins got a lot of shots, and it was there was a lot of shots in the Indiana game for Melendez that didn't go. But I think Hawkins only had three field goal attempts, and that just seems too low for a guy that can do so much for Illinois, both in scoring wise, but in distribution and, and rebounds. Um, we were talking about this yesterday and I, I still am. I, I'm not really sure where all of the criticism about Coleman Hawkins comes from. Cause I think turnovers, it, well, I, that that's fair, but I, I, there seems to be more turnovers and, and, a, and, and not, and not looking for his shot. Yeah. That, that, those are the criticisms. Yeah. And those things, I think those are supported in the stats and what you mm-hmm. can watch. But it seems to be a little bit more animosity about Coleman Hawkins that I don't understand. Well, maybe because they expect more. Yeah. You know, I but, think. But I think I he think. does so much anyway. He does underperform at he, he times. He rebounds and plays defense. You're right. You know? And he plays defense against some very difficult people. He he was on uh, last night. Uh, he had to switch on Garcia, as I recall. Garcia's tough. He's their best yeah. player. I mean, Battle had the most points last night, but Garcia, uh, Dawson Garcia is 6'11", and, and he's been a problem. I look forward to seeing where he's going to play next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they had 23 against Penn State the other night, yeah. 23 or 25. Uh, Texture points it out, and I, I heard uh, somebody else say that uh, Illinois probably went down in the net ranking last night <laughs> and in, in Ken Palm just by playing Minnesota, but that's not their own fault. That's just Minnesota's not good this year. I think the Northwestern story that is interesting is they are – I think they and Ohio State probably reversed. I don't know if Ohio State was going to be this good, but I think Ohio State has underperformed compared to expectations, and Northwestern has overperformed. I think those are the two teams in the Big Ten that kind of replaced each other in where people thought they would be. Yeah, that's true. I don't think anyone saw Northwestern as a potential two or three in the Big Ten. Oh, no. But And uh, nobody expected Ohio State to fall. They, they they got off to a pretty good start this year, actually. Yeah, yeah they did. I th- think two or three in a, to start the season. Yeah. But and, and, it happens. Yeah. Now for the women, uh, because Ohio State women won last night, they are pretty much locked out of getting into the double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they're probably going to be a five, six, seven range team in the Big Ten tournament next week. They have two games remaining tomorrow night's showdown with Nebraska, 7 p.m. at the State Farm Center. And then Sunday afternoon, they're on the road against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights to to finish out the season. Yeah, both games that they can win. Rutgers should be pretty winnable, winnable even on the road. And they've already beaten Nebraska, and that was the game that Genesis Bryant injured her ankle in a few games ago and only played nine minutes. And Illinois still won with her on the on the shelf for the rest of the game. That was a, that was a tough win that they got. Press conference at uh, five o'clock at the at the. Uh uh, State Farm Center, uh, relative to uh, what happened, I shouldn't say relative to what happened in Chicago. There were two-day meeting to try to figure out what to do about the 2024 uh, football schedule when UCLA and USC come in the league, and I, and you're not going to get any final uh, information on that. But they are having a press conference at five with Whitman, and I'm sure it will come up. And I think it sounds like that he. Uh, it sounds like there isn't enough information to really give us an idea what's going to happen other than we pretty much conceded there will no no longer be divisions 
which is a blow to Illinois. Yeah, and I think they expected that to happen. Oh, yeah. Even though they didn't want it to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. That's I know I you got information that way. Scott Docterman reported today, too, that mm-hmm. there's been no final conclusions, but consensus seems to be no more divisions in football, but there's no schedule. Well, they, it's going to be hard to figure out who to play. Who, who are your you, – you've got to figure out for 16 teams now, including two teams on the West Coast that we've never had in the conference before, you've got to figure out who your natural rivals are. And then that's even difficult for Maryland. Who's, who's Maryland's natural rival? They don't have any – their natural rivals are Duke, North Carolina. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. They don't belong in this league, yeah. but they're in it. And so they'll have to they'll, – we'll have to set up three natural rivals for them – Three natural rivals for Rutgers. Is is Penn State uh, a natural rival for Rutgers? Well, I guess so. They're the closest to them, maybe. Share a border. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, I, but I you understand. don't think traditionally about no. those two. It, it's, and, and then Illinois, uh, you know, it, we're, we're going to have natural rivalries with, with uh, probably Northwestern, and, and it sounds like uh, maybe Purdue and or Indiana, and maybe not Wisconsin, but uh, because maybe Wisconsin doesn't consider – Illinois a natural rival because they've got others like Iowa and Minnesota. I mean, it's yeah. just crazy what we're getting into, and it's going to be very unhappy for everybody. There's nobody going to be happy about it. And what they haven't tackled yet either is the the the, the non-football, non-basketball scheduling. Well, the the basketball scheduling will be pretty easy, really, because yeah. it's just you're going to have one 16-team league, and you're going to have uh, you're going to play certain certain teams twice one year and then it'll be a different group the next year and they've got to figure out which ones those will be but it's it, the league is way too big and I'm I know I'm an old timer and I'm I'm I like it the way when we only had 10 maybe but 16 is too many and and now we've got two huge leagues the SEC and the Big 10 and 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 who, who considers Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC they don't belong well, I'm not calling you an old old timer until you get to 95. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. I hope I get there. <laughs> no reason you can't. I don't have much else to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports Bracketologist. He's next up with us on Sports Talk. Illini family, this is Brett Beal. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. so grateful to have you along with us on Sports Talk. It really is our privilege to be with you each and every day. Along with Lauren Tate, I'm Scott Beatty. We're going till 6 o'clock here on the program. And tomorrow night and Thursday night, we got women's and then men's hoops. Tonight, a little bit quieter on our airwaves. Gives us a moment here to pause and look at the landscape of the brackets. Jerry Palm covers college hoops and bracketology for CBSSports.com. And joins us here also an Illinois native. Jerry, welcome back to the program. Great to talk to you again. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, it's always fun. And this is the this is the time of year you you uh, are 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 most in action uh or maybe most in demand. Is is this kind of a plug and play for you right now? Is it is it kind of an easy thing to dissect at this point? And I always like to remind folks that you and others that do what you do, you're not trying to offer an opinion about who should be in the tournament, but whether your opinion on who will be in the tournament, correct? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, 
it, what it's not is my opinion uh, in terms of what I think of these teams personally. Um, I'm trying to predict what the selection committee will do. Exactly. So I'm trying to um, look at these teams and think what will, you know, what based on what these guys have rewarded before this committee, how is that going to apply to these teams this season? And so that's, uh, but it doesn't really matter what I personally think of them. Of course. Well, let's start with the committee. Is it any indications that it would be different from any other years in their thinking and their mindset? Well, it's too early to say. I mean, they gave us 16 on Saturday. Um, their top 16, uh, Purdue from the Big Ten was a number one seed, third overall. Indiana was a four, uh, 13 overall. Um, they did not have a Big Ten team among the other four that they were being considered, which would indicate that had they bothered to continue, no Big Ten team other than those two would have been seated higher than six. Um, and I'm kind of on board with that. <laughs> it's, that's pretty much where I've, I've been. I didn't have Indiana quite that high. I think I had them as a five. Um, and I've had Northwestern as a five or a six uh, based on what they have done here um, and what they've done to build their resume up lately. I mean, how you perform lately specifically by itself is not criteria, but Northwestern has not just played well but added a number of high-quality wins to their resume uh, in recent weeks. Um, not the least of which was Purdue, a sweep of Purdue and Indiana at home uh, last week. So, uh, you know, Northwestern's doing really well. And then I have a like a five-car pileup on the seven and eight lines. In fact, all four of my eights are Big Ten teams. Uh, and I have a seven also that's a Big Ten team. So it's uh, the middle of the bracket. It's pretty heavily populated with the Big Ten. And Illinois is one of the, the four eight seeds. Uh, that I have from the Big Ten, which makes, by the way, bracketing for Purdue uh, a bit cumbersome because uh, the teams are from the same conference are supposed to be kept separated uh, through you know uh, some distance into the bracket. So for Purdue to play an eight nine team from its conference, mm. it would have to be somebody they played only once in the regular season. That would make it the exception. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, I mean, look, the odds that all four big, all four eights are going to be Big Ten teams are pretty small, or that there are even four Big Ten teams in the eight nine games uh, would that that's not a very good chance. But just that's how it worked out, you know, Monday. So, Jerry, this is Lauren. So, so you might move somebody if if you're on the committee, you might move somebody that comes in at a nine. You might move them to a ten, or is that problem with somebody that's an eight? You, you might move them up to a seven just to avoid what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, that would be a last resort thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, they would try and, um, you know, in this particular instance, three of the four teams that I have seeded as eight from the Big Ten all played Purdue once. Those three teams played Purdue just once. So there were actually options to bracket okay for Purdue without having to change seeds. But it, it was a situation where you could not avoid it and without violating the bracketing rules, then, yes, they would switch seeds. About, oh, I want to say 2016, I think, they relaxed the bracketing rules in terms of when teams from the same conference could play each other. It used to be a minimum of the Sweet 16, and they relaxed that because some of these conferences had gotten so big, they were getting too many teams in the tournament mm -hmm. to follow these bracketing rules, and they were having to switch seeds all over the place, and they didn't want to do that. So they have not had to switch a seed in the bracket since they changed those rules. Uh, if we end up with a high number of Big Ten teams in that 8-9 group, they may have to do something. 
Talking with Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. Since Illinois is of most interest to our listeners as an eight seed right now, how high can they get um, well, if they can finish uh, out strong? Yeah, so they get um, Northwestern, which is a team ahead of them in the bracket at the moment. Uh, so obviously that's a big game, and you know not just because it's an in-state rival. Uh, they finish the season at Purdue. Uh, that's the best win you can get in this league. So there's some upward mobility there. In between, they have games with Michigan and Ohio State that are not going to the NCAA tournament. So those are kind of must-win to at least, you know, try and hold on to your position. And then you get in the conference tournament and see what happens. Uh, the conference tournament is carries no special weight to the committee except for the team that wins becomes an automatic qualifier. Otherwise, the advantage of of the conference tournament is that they are neutral site games against pretty good teams, and those get a little uh, better consideration than playing at home. But the Sunday game wouldn't matter at all, would it? Oh, sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, they have contingency brackets, actually. All, pretty much always, it's rare that the Sunday game doesn't matter at all. Uh, last really? Year, Even uh, for yeah, the Big Ten? For, for, yeah. Uh, the Big Ten, the SEC, I believe, plays on Sunday as well. Um, yeah, they, they always have contingency brackets based on the outcome of that game. So they had last year, for example... Two brackets, one if Purdue had won, and one if Iowa had won. And they did that also for the SEC, so that actually becomes four brackets. Because they've got, um, yeah, those results matter. Mm, so okay. Now, there are, there are times when maybe they don't, for one team or the other. Um, you know, like if, if Purdue's the number one seed, they might be in a position, if they're playing on Sunday, where they're still a one seed winner or so, because they're that far into the bracket, but it might matter for the other team. Their seed could change, so um, or their position in the bracket could change, uh, relative, you know, like regional and things like that. So, you know, those games do matter. They almost always have contingency brackets for each result. I've always heard that the Big Ten has punished itself by playing on Sunday because brackets are set and they really can't. Uh, no, they punish the committee. What's that? They punish the committee by making them do two brackets, ah. one for each result. So the committee is operating the, the committee with some integrity here them. on it. <laughs> the, the, the committee doesn't punish them. The, the 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 league is punishing the committee by giving them a little extra work to do. I see. All in all, what would you say Illinois' ceiling could be? Five-ish? Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds good. I mean, it really depends on who they get in the conference tournament and how they do. I mean, especially if they won the conference tournament, maybe even a four. Um but it depends on, you know, winning the conference tournament or advancing in the conference tournament isn't as important as who you play along the way. So, you know, if there's a bunch of upsets in front of you and you're not really getting teams that help you, then you're not really resume building so much. If you're getting the teams you're seeded to get as you go along, then you can really help yourself because there's some pretty good teams in this league. Jerry, how many teams do you have uh, out of the Big 12 at this point? Eight. Eight? Okay. Um, okay. There are six that are very solidly in could all end up in the top 16 of the final bracket. Although I think it'll probably be closer to five or maybe four. Cause they just, you know, those, they play each other a lot, obviously in the team, somebody has to lose. Yeah. Um, at the bottom of that league, you've got West Virginia and Oklahoma state who played last night and Texas tech rallying. Um, I do not have Texas tech in the bracket, but West Virginia was my last team in on Monday. They got a big win with Oklahoma state last night. Uh, which they really need. They probably still need more. 
Um, but that league is remarkable. They have nine teams in the top 50 of the net. Texas Tech is just outside of that the last time I looked. And that's, you know, that's just, you're playing quad one games almost every time you take the floor. And at worst, you're playing a quad two game. There's no Louisville. There's no Minnesota. There's no Cal. There, I mean, everybody in that league can play. And, but they, somebody's going to suffer through having to play all of that schedule. Right now it looks like Oklahoma, but I expect one or two others are also going to suffer and not make the tournament just because they weren't up to the schedule. North Carolina, has there ever been a time that you recall where a preseason number one might not, likely won't make the tournament? Uh, in fact, it has never happened where the preseason number one missed the tournament entirely. Is that um, uh, is that to point out that the media collectively just doesn't know what it's talking about? <laughs> well, no. they have the starting no. lineup from last year. I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's the starting lineup from last year that was an eight seed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the national runner-up, but they were an eight seed. That's what they were for four months. And they had to get hot just to make the tournament last year, as you may recall. Yeah. And then they ended up as an eight seed. And then, you know, they had a great tournament, but that's that was who they were late, not who they were all year. Now they're back to who they were all year, even by that standard. Reading them over number one preseason might have been an overreaction, um, but it's not a mistake that we learned from because the year before, UCLA went first four to final four, and they, so they had been an 11 seed, almost lost to Michigan State, I believe, um, in the first game and ended up in the final four. And a lot of people had them very high. I don't think they were one, but like four in the rankings. And they ended up a four seed, which is a much more reasonable jump from an 11 seed the year before with most everyone back. So Carolina being number one was probably an overreaction. Even by that standard, they're actively worse this year with probably as good, if not better, talent. And that is really surprising. Uh, Their chances of making the NCAA tournament are slim. But they're not none. There's, there's still a couple games left on their schedule where they can rally, but the ACC is not helping them much because it's, it's pretty bad this year, especially at the bottom. Would you say that the Big Ten is bad this year? No. Uh-uh. You would not? It's, um, well, we're going to put probably eight teams in the tournament. I mean, there are a couple of teams that have disappointed. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State in particular have, have been disappointing, but then – you balance that out with, you know, Purdue unranked uh, was number one for a fair chunk of this season. Northwestern uh, was picked for probably last or close to it uh, and is going to the NCAA tournament for just its second time ever. So, you know, Indiana's bounced back. I mean, this is a team that's – I've got seven, I think seven teams from the Big Ten in the top half of my bracket. Mm-hmm. So that's half the league in the top half of the bracket. That's not a bad year. No, they, no, but they, we've got a lot of teams in the middle there that are just like oh, yeah, Illinois that are that are really kind of off and on. I mean, that that seems yeah. to be across the country. There's an awful lot of that going sure. on. Yeah, well, I mean, there always is. You know, not everybody can be all great all the time or all bad all the time. So, um, <laughs> but you've got it's been you know for the longest time it's starting to separate a little bit at the top. But for the longest time, it was Purdue at the top mm-hmm. and Nebraska and Minnesota at the bottom, and an 11-car pileup in between. Well, a couple of cars have kind of pulled away from that pile a little bit at the top uh, in Northwestern and Indiana, but um, still, and Purdue's come back to the pack a little bit, but it's still a big, big pile in the middle of the conference standings, 
and it's reflected in the bracket, although the conference standings have no bearing on the bracket because they're just not criteria. You're judged on your entire season, not just the conference part of it. Um, but it's it's no surprise that those teams were pretty even in conference play and are generally pretty even for their full seasons. Jerry Palm for CBS Sports, the bracketologist, the college basketball analysts. So what will you be uh, watching here down the line? I tend to watch. Uh, in fact, I don't even get to watch much of my own team, uh, Purdue, because um, I don't need to. I need to watch other teams, so I tape Purdue and watch them later. But uh, I'll be watching um, games involving, especially tonight, there are three SEC teams in action that are all on the bubble pretty squarely. So I'll watch those games tonight. Um, and maybe if I don't fall asleep, Utah State uh, late night. Um, so I, I'm tending to watch bubble games or teams I haven't had a chance to see uh, enough of yet this season. Uh, Marquette is playing Creighton tonight. That's a really good game, too. I just don't know how much of it I'll get to see. And I, I had to ask about the Missouri Valley with uh, Bradley just up the road. Yeah. And, and they're looking like the darlings of it. Um, yeah. They're trying to impress the boss. Uh, Chris Robinson, their athletic director, is the uh, chairman of the selection committee this year. So um, he won't get to be in the room if Bradley makes it for yeah. when they're talking about him. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great story. Bradley's having a terrific year. I've always been a fan of the Valley. I've always admired that league. It's been a struggle for them to put multiple teams in the tournament lately, especially after Wichita State and Creighton left. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I always root for the Valley when, they, uh, when the tournament time rolls around. So Reynolds would have to leave when, if they vote on Bradley. Would Reynolds also have to leave when they vote on Indiana? Robinson. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, yes. Robinson. Actually, he would, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Robinson, yes, he cannot Excuse me. be in the room when Indiana is discussed or voted on, and he cannot be in the room when Bradley is discussed or voted on. <laughs> Very good. Learning all kinds of things. I think, Chris, I think Chris is the first final person in most of forever to have played in the Final Four and been the chair of the selection committee. Is that right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Very cool. There was somebody in the 50s, I think, had done it as well. But, uh, um, yeah, Chris is the first in quite some time. Jerry, this is fun. Uh, I know you're probably in – Big demand this time of year, but if we can uh, do it again here uh, before the tournament, it would be great. Yeah, sure, anytime. Uh, Just send me a note. Really appreciate it, sir. All right, thanks. Jerry Palm, follow him on Twitter at jppalmcbs. Better yet, read him, cbssports.com, which I think does uh, a particularly good job of covering college basketball. Uh, I know – I, I appreciate the athletic from a national standpoint. Yeah, I, I think he CBS cleared up. And it doesn't require. He really cleared up some things for me. I thought. I mean, I had the wrong idea about a couple of things, you know. And and uh, I do. I did think you could switch seeds when you have to, but I didn't know the rule that if you had played somebody twice, you couldn't put them in a situation where they would meet again, huh? Mm-hmm. But if you'd only played them once, it, it's okay. I want to let you know about my friends at CU Under Construction. Uh, Little or big projects that you need done, they're the ones you can turn to. But also, they have purchased the final, uh, I don't know if it's the final, but they purchased 40 lots. Yeah, it is the final to finish out the Savannah Green neighborhood. I used to live out that way in Urbana and a lot of nice, small, small smallish, affordable homes, uh, 13 to 1,500 square feet, foot, and They're going to be put together by a quality company in CU Under Construction. 
maybe you're interested or, you know, maybe you've got a bigger home, you want to downsize into something a little more quaint, or maybe you're ready to do a first time purchase of a home and you want something nice and new and don't have to worry about maintenance. It's going to be nice. Check it out. You can contact the See You Under Construction office, ask for Jeff, or just fill out a contact form on the website if you're interested. And uh, you can build out in Urbana. Good options there. See You Under Construction, doing a lot here in the community. Check them out, seeyouunderconstruction.com. Got a conversation with Adalia McKenzie coming your way. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family, it's Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. And it will feature, in part, Adelia McKenzie, Illini Ford. I have a conversation with her to bring you Illinois and Nebraska tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for the final time at the State Farm Center. They're hoping for their biggest crowd yet and with the draw they have been all year now is the time if you want to go see some good basketball in an important game here's my conversation with one of the Illini stars in her second season now Adelia McKenzie you're into your final two games of the regular season I don't know what you thought you would be at at this point if you even tried to think about it but 20 and 7 with two left and the chance for a pretty good seed in the Big Ten tournament and who knows what beyond but in the NCAA tournament. How do you feel? I feel amazing. You know, it's just great to think about. And, you know, beginning of the season, I probably wouldn't have thought we would have been here. You know, I thought it would have taken some time, but things went by fast and, you know, our hard work paid off fast. So just seeing where we're at in the position we're in, I'm just really grateful for it. I asked Shauna this the other day, but your your new teammates that came in in Bryn and Makaira and Jen, when they got in the gym, when you first started playing with them, you're like, oh yeah, these are Big Ten basketball players. And it's no disrespect to Dayton or or the A10. I know that there's quality basketball there, but when you saw that, did you go, oh yeah, I know these are Big Ten guards? Yeah, I did for sure. Um, when we first worked out, I'm like, oh yeah, like we got weapons and we got the tools that we need, and it was just good knowing that like. We have multiple people who can do different things. Like last year, we really didn't have someone who was six three who could do post and shoot threes like Brian could. Like that was that's really like amazing to have. So I'm just happy that we had those new people come in. The rotation is is really tight. What's it like for you knowing I'm going to be out there 30 35 minutes every game? Uh, is it change anything about how you're preparing or, or what you're trying to do in between games? Yeah, it does. Um, preparation is key, whether it's on and off the court. So I try to do a lot of recovery, you know, do a lot of stretching, you know, ice bath, do whatever it takes to keep my legs um, good. I know Coach Grants, she said that your legs are your, is your second heart. And that stuck with me. So just knowing that we got to take care of ourselves and playing a lot of minutes. You know, a lot of people don't even have the opportunity to do that. So I'm going to take the opportunity and do what I can to keep doing it. You said Coach Grants said that or Coach Green? Coach Grants. So yeah. you met her, was that for the first time this past weekend? Yeah, it was. She's amazing. What was that experience like? Did she come talk to you as a team? Yeah, she did. She didn't really tell us much about her story. She really just told us something that we needed to hear. Like she talked about discipline and obedience and winning and what do you have to do for it, keep doing what we're doing, being confident. She just gave us so many like how do I say, like, nuggets to keep, you know? And I just appreciate that. Like, her mindset is so, like, gravitating, and I loved it. 
sometimes no matter how great your regular coaches are, you hear their voices all the time. So it was a good to just hear that different voice for you. Yeah, it was good to hear. And honestly, I feel like Coach Grant's and Coach Green are twins. <laughs> just there's a difference in age. <laughs> yeah. All around the Big Ten and women's hoops. I mean, there's attendance records falling all over the place. And, and you guys have the potential with, with Wednesday night's game against Nebraska to be in a top five attendance all time for this program. Do you feel like a new wave of followership to women's hoops? Yeah, I do, for sure. Like, I know with specifically our team, like, I've never seen this many people in the crowd, you know, last year. So just seeing all these people and all the support and the loudness and the smiles and the energy, like, it's so good to see and to be a part of. And I know with other schools, too, they're getting that same love. And it's just amazing to see that people support women's sports. You are in the stands after the games. You are talking to a lot of young kids, especially young little girls. But uh, the community as well, that's got to be rewarding for you it is, you know, um, we want to make them feel welcome, make them feel a part of the family. Like, y'all aren't just fans, but y'all are family, you know. So going out there and just talking to them, like, it might be a blessing to them, but it's also a blessing for us. Like, for me to sign someone's shirt or jersey, like, I feel so special doing it, you know. And these young girls in the community, they're all special to us. So last week here, the regular season, then Big Ten tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. How are you... Uh, thinking about the next few weeks of, of basketball. Really, you want it to be a month or more. Yeah, I do. Um, that's the goal, and that's something I've been focused on. And I know we always talk about going 1-0 and focusing on the now, but also the now affects the future. So we want to focus on now and attack what we need to do and just be great at it. But knowing that we have a possibility to go far in the NCAA tournament and make in there that's like huge and i want to do whatever i can to help us get there i know everybody on the team are going to do whatever they can to get us there what's it like playing teams right now you know you're going to see nebraska for the second time and rutgers for the second time and probably somebody from the in the big 10 tournament a second or third time everybody knows each other and like we said your rotation isn't that deep so how do you prepare for teams for the second and third time yeah we just learned from what we did the last game like i know last game playing against Nebraska we fouled a lot so we know that we have to do better with fouling and playing straight up with defense and make sure we keep people in front and also we know our post defense wasn't the best the first half but second half it was phenomenal you know so just learning from those past games and just still do what we do how about your teammate Genesis Bryant coming off a bum ankle and looked like she hadn't missed anything yeah you know i wasn't surprised you know genesis literally stays in the gym like she was in the gym while she was still recovering and i just love to see you know she's an inspiration but for her to come out and do that i was like oh yeah that's jen you know that's the norm so yeah i'm proud of her the big 10 tournament uh in next week will be in minneapolis your neck of the woods are you excited to be in that in that it's an NBA arena, right? That's got to be cool for you. Yeah, I am excited. It's going to be fun. You know, all the people in the stands that I know cheering for me is always good playing at home. I, and I should say, I think it's a WNBA arena too, right? The links are there. Yep, it so, is. Did you grow up going to those games? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I love um, going to see Maya Moore play when she was playing at the time. And I remember um, at the end of the game, uh, they did like a dance or something and a couple kids get to go down and I got to dance right next to Maya Moore. I know she probably don't remember, but <laughs> I will never forget that. 
yeah, is kind of inspire you towards a basketball career? Yeah, for sure. Um, I started playing basketball because of Kobe. I started watching Maya Moore. She was my favorite player when I was younger, still is. So shout out to Kobe and Maya Moore. Yeah. Anybody else you kind of emulate your game after? Um, I would say for NBA, honestly, uh, LeBron. <laughs> Just because of how aggressive he is going to the rack, like, and I kind of want to implement that in my game. I definitely have seen that. And I know at the beginning of the year, you talked about wanting to be better defensively. You achieved your goals that way? I think I've done a lot better than I did last year. I don't think I achieved the goal that I kind of specifically wanted. You know, I feel like there's always room for growth, but I have seen, like, growth into my game with my defense. But it has to be better. You know, I'm kind of hard on myself. You know, it's just not good enough to me. So I'm going to make sure it's good enough on Wednesday. Adalia, we appreciate you spending some time down the stretch run here. Wish you luck. Thank you so much. That's Adalia McKenzie, Illinois and Nebraska, tomorrow night. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you Thursday at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Coming up on the end of hour number one, next hour, Evan's in. We also have Matt Sinclair. He's the new head coach for Fisher High School football, head of the Bunnies, coming up. You wanted to ask me about baseball? Well, I wanted to ask you about Malcolm Hill, first of all. Oh, yes. And he did get uh, waived by the Bulls. And baseball, I mean, when you told me they had 50 strikeouts in four games, that bothered me. That really worries me because that's not good hitting. It bothers Dan Hartland, too. He mentioned it. Should bother the hitters. It is the first weekend, and they did face some extraordinarily good pitching. I'll grant them that. But you got to put the bat on the ball. You just have to. Yeah. And and I don't know if guys are trying to do too much. Well, that's 12.5 strikeouts a game if you play nine innings. I mean, that's – you shouldn't strike out more than once an inning, really, yeah. and and not affect. If you're going to be effective, it's it's kind of hard. Yeah, and road doesn't necessarily get easier going this weekend down to Southern Miss. I'm really looking forward to it. That is just a rabid environment for for college baseball in the state of Mississippi right now. Between what Mississippi State did two years ago and winning at Ole Miss last year, and Southern Miss almost getting to the World Series. It's just some of the best college baseballs in that state, and they they get behind their teams in baseball almost almost like they do football. Well, I hope you get good weather. We should. It's supposed Have to be in the it? 70s and 80s. I hate oh, to tell kidding. you. No kidding. Because one half the country is going to be in, you know. Snow, and the other half yeah, is going to be, be okay. exceptionally warm. Well, you're going the right direction. Absolutely. I always try to go south. <laughs> That's always the right direction. Take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see you tomorrow, sir, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what kind of updates we get about all the scheduling and all that. Evan's coming in for the next hour, and Matt Sinclair will be a guest as well. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.